0: This is Chain Reaction, the podcast about everything for supply chain advantage. I'm Tony Hines. Let's get started. During the pandemic, some things have changed dramatically. And essentially, lots of things that were left lower down the agenda have moved right up the agenda. Sustainability has moved right up, climate change has moved right up, and environmental concerns. And all these things have an impact on supply chains. And so we'll be talking about some of the major changes that have occurred and how that does impact the supply chain. And what you can do as an organisation to maintain supply chain advantage in these times. Also, um, I suppose we'll also be talking about supply chain complexity and what complexity means, and also uh, supply chain disruption. So those are just three of the things that we'll talk about today. And as always, we'll consider the integration of those items and take a customer-focused view of creating supply chain advantage. In the broader sense, supply chain complexity consists of a range of variables that cause uncertainty. Now, all sorts of things can cause complexity in the supply chain. My 7V model, looking at things like variability, increasing variety, volatility through disruption, and so on. In fact, all of the Vs can cause some kind of complexity in the supply chain. So, complexity in the supply chain is caused through uncertainty on the one hand. On the other hand, it's caused by higher expectations from customers. Customers demanding more, they want it faster, they want it delivered quickly, they want it at lower cost. Uh, The immediate sense of having something rather than having to wait. They don't want to have to wait, so reducing lead times. But the expectation that everything will be faster, cheaper, smarter, and so on can cause complexity in a supply chain. In another sense, anything that lengthens the supply chain, where you've got more partners involved in the supply chain, you're, you're procuring products or services from a larger pool of suppliers, the distance of those supply chains, if you have to go through different geographic regions uh, and distance, all add to the complexity. And different sets of governing rules and regulation frameworks that operate across those geographic chains. So all those things add to the complexity too. So in essence, when we talk about supply chain complexity, we're talking about its complexity at a system level. It's anything that makes that system complex. Managing complexity, you need to have in place good systems that capture data. ...about what's happening inside your supply chain. So this demands up-to-date technology employed to do so. The key to the whole system of managing complexity... ...is planning carefully, having more data... ...automated systems in place where appropriate... ...that make the supply chain more agile, efficient... ...and the available data that you're able to capture is timely... ...it's fast and enables informed decisions to be taken, that can improve the performance overall. And complexity can be summed up as anything that makes it uncertain and adds to the risk. So it's risk and uncertainty that forms complexity. So, if I just link this back briefly to my 7 V's, changes in volume, volatility, which causes disruption, increased variety, increased variability, all would add to risk and uncertainty in a supply chain so they need to be managed and the way to manage them is through the use of virtuality systems that support timely data and achieve visibility so that you can take informed decisions so that's how the seven vs would link in to the discussion of supply chain complexity if we consider disruption in a little more detail and I want to consider this in a backdrop to the macroeconomic environment in the global economy. We've got four things impacting this at present. We've got the COVID-19 situation, the pandemic, which has obviously made significant changes in the way in which goods and services are provided and the disruptive effect of the pandemic in terms of getting goods and services in a timely fashion is a challenge. But many organisations have managed to stay on track and are delivering things, even in these difficult times, on time and complete. So there are examples of good practice here. So we've got the COVID-19 impact, which is a great disruptor. We've also got the idea of uh, economic uh, boundaries placed around nation-states and the rise of nationalism on an international scale. The United States was one of the first countries to take a very strong line under President Trump to state that it was America first. In other words, it was about the United States, it was protectionist in its approach, it wasn't reaching out to the world the way it had done perhaps in previous times, and will do again in future. So that was a, a change in relations in the global economy, as was the change in China and Russia and other states where they are drawing a wall around their economy in, in some sense. So those restrictive self-interest states perhaps will gradually open up again to the world economy once the Covid pandemic is no longer a threat or no longer a major threat. Certainly in Europe, Things have changed significantly with the relationship between the United Kingdom and the European Union. As the United Kingdom has left the European Union, then the political relationship between the two is going to be very different in future than it was in the past with um, trade in a European Union block. Now we've got the possibility of tariffs, quotas between the two even though nobody wants to talk about that, that's a possibility. There is also a possibility of very different standards between the two emerging over time, which could cause friction in the supply chain. And there are, of course, real differences in the way in which border checks will be done for the movement of goods and other services through supply chains, not just across Europe in the EU27, but outside of Europe To countries like the UK. And there's a difficult um, border relationship between the UK and uh, Ireland that needs to be carefully managed. One of the big social changes under the pandemic over the past year has been the notice taken by uh, governments of Rising inequality in their own nation state. And I think as that inequality breaks down um, and there are policies from governments trying to uh, redress the inequalities, it will change the way in which employment is uh, regarded, specifically within supply chains, where some employment has obviously been low paid delivery systems and that will likely rise. So I think costs are going to rise. I think what I'm saying here is that labour costs over time will go on an upward trajectory. So if we look at those things, one of the the steps that that organisations need to take is to plan to see how at risk the supply chains could be as those changes play out in the macro environment. And there might be others. Those are just four that we've identified here today, but there might be others that uh, are playing out on a daily basis. There's always change happening. It's a question of whether we notice how quickly that change is happening. So supply chain visibility is going to remain very important. Assessing the risk and the uncertainty involved in the supply chain to minimise disruption is still very important and very central to supply chain strategies. And we need to consider carefully the changes that are taking place in the political arena and how that will impact supply chains. So those are just some items that we need to be aware of. A recent article in Forbes magazine talked about geopolitical unrest in the global economy along the lines of the way we've talked about four things that could be disruptive. They identified uncertainty in the world economy and state it will require more resilient and agile supply chain processes. And of course, they identify trade wars as being on the rise. Again, this idea of nationalism and the never-ending Brexit discussions is what they talk about. They also focus on the US-China trade agreements and the phase one deal that was implemented in December. It was estimated that the US imposed tariffs of $360 billion on Chinese goods and more than $110 billion was placed on US products in China. So the two perhaps largest players in the global economy are engaged in an ongoing battle, a trade a trade war in essence. I want to turn finally to the idea of um, things moving up the agenda and one of the things we talked about was this notion of climate change. And obviously in the United Kingdom in 2021 in September there is a planned uh, climate change conference, COP21, and most people would agree that alongside climate change there is a concern to have more ethically sourced products. They want to see sustainable supply chains or sustainable supply. So that's a big change in the emphasis in the world economy and organisations are going to really have to take a hard look at their own supply chains to ensure that they're engaged in ethical trade, that they are complying with the green agenda uh, and that their supply chains are resilient to the pressures applied to them from external forces, including government legislation. And there is the whole notion of the circular economy rising up the agenda where people are looking to reuse, recycle and eliminate waste from the supply chain. And they want to see products in the packaging of goods moving around the globe that are not using as much plastic, that the product packaging is biodegradable and it's ethically sourced and environmentally sustainable. So they're looking to achieve zero waste and minimal environmental impact which is a good objective but it will be costly and it will place some firms in supply chains at risk. The other thing that's risen up the agenda is this notion of service in supply chains and the the idea of customer focus. It's interesting to read Jeff Bezos and his thoughts on Amazon in the last week or, or two Now that he's stepping down from his role as chief executive and taking a chair role at Amazon. He says he's not retiring, but he's sticking around. Uh, But obviously, the thing, if you look at Jeff Bezos over time, the thing that always had primacy with him is the customer. He's always focused on the customer everything that amazon does is to build a better customer experience and it's certainly paid dividends so it's that's one aspect the other change in supply chains that's on the horizon and the notion linked back to service economies i think that's important is that People are tending now not to talk about products as much, but they're talking about this overarching concept of service. And service is important because service is demanded by customers. And customers can be co-creating service with the suppliers or the supply chains that they um, use to provide their own goods, if you like, um, they expect service. So they're expecting service. And this notion of service is, is is quite important. The thing that struck me, I was listening to somebody talk about digital transformation in the supply chain, and it was to do with the car industry, and it struck me very clearly that when we talk about buying automobiles, with the big technology shifts that are taking place, that the move from the use of fossil fuels in cars is going to be a no-no, and we're going to have more electric vehicles on the roads, then the cost has increased. In some countries it's being subsidised by governments because they see the benefit of having more electric vehicles on the road faster um, than would otherwise be the case, so as they can lower carbon emissions. And that's all very good. But the other thing that's striking is that people will not necessarily be purchasing those vehicles outright. There is a move towards uh, the purchase as a service, so that you buy, not the car, but you buy the use of the car or the use of the vehicle as a service contract. And I think more and more that's going to be the case with lots of products, not just um, motor vehicles but all sorts of products. It's been around for some time, but it's just more noticeable right now with the changes that are taking place. There's a lot of change and it's happening rapidly. And some people are going to get caught in the crossfire in the in the supply chains if they're not careful. And they need to ensure that they've got this uncertainty covered and they've calculated the risk and they're making the supply chains resilient. So the Subscription model, I suppose, of service is taking over from, from the purchase model of assets. Another big change that's happening is the notion of intelligence supply, where we've got intelligent production or intelligent manufacturing systems, which are powered by connectivity through the Internet of Things to use that particular phrase and when people talk about internet uh, the internet of things they often link it to industry 4 and what they're actually saying is that we've got devices that can connect and through artificial intelligence and automation and robotics we could link a whole production system together that will be highly automated integrated and optimized to deliver customer service. And so all this technology linking together has the opportunity to, to add significant value to supply chain operations. And it has not just the opportunity to add value, it's adding value because it's going to lower costs as things work seamlessly together to produce the service required by the customer. So this push to Digital linking, if you like, um, where these pieces of kit talk to each other seamlessly through digital exchange is going to change the way in which supply chains will work and the infrastructures needed to piece those supply chains together. And I suppose my final comment on this for this particular edition is to just say... That change is happening rapidly too, and it's something that will carry with it risk for people who don't move fast enough and advantage for people who move quickly. So I think first movers in the field or in the game are going to get some advantage from understanding these changes and planning their own supply chains in a way that optimizes performance. So I'll leave it there for now and say thanks for listening. Thanks for dropping by. Hope you enjoyed this podcast and see you next time. You've been listening to Chain Reaction, all about supply chain advantage, presented by Tony Hines.